I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. So tonight we're going to discuss the allegedly true story that inspired the 2012 movie, The Possession. It's a good movie. Yeah. I really like that one. So I'm sure many of our listeners know that I am referring to the story of the Dybbuk box, which was first brought to light in a Los Angeles Times article written by Leslie Gorenstein, published in July of 2004. But I know before we get started... Yeah, we got to talk about what we're drinking tonight. Yes. So we, I found another Pinterest cocktail recipe because um, oh, I'm just not like. Pinterest. <laughs> um, so it's called the Sparkling Elderflower. Um, it is two ounces of Empress 1908 Gin, a half ounce of lime juice, half ounce of elderflower liqueur, and then you top it with elderflower soda or tonic. I found elderflower tonic. Mm-hmm. And then you can add some like mint leaves on top, but I didn't do that. <laughs> um, so you just like shake it all up, uh, except for the tonic water, in a, a shaker. Strain it into a glass and then um, top it with the tonic. And and I think it's nice. It's, yeah. It's light. It's very spring, kind of botanical, florally. It's pink. It, it's weird. It's like pink in color, and for some reason, like, I get I get grapefruit like taste from it. But oh. maybe I'm just seeing how it's like pink. It's like then... fuchsia. It's like a pinkish purple. Yeah, but for it's some like reason, the color I, out of space. There, That's what you said yeah. when you first saw it. There's there's no grapefruit in it, and I get grapefruit. I don't. Maybe know. there is some in the gin. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can look and see. But anyhow, it's good. Mm. It's got a nice flavor. Okay, so. There's a lot of lore surrounding the Dybbuk box. I'm going to stick to the story that was first featured in the Times, in the the article in the Times, as well as information I verified from other sources, including the website that was created by one of the owners of the box. Okay. So it begins, in fall of 2001, Kevin Manis, an antiques collector and small business owner in Oregon, attended an estate sale in Portland. The items being auctioned off or like sold during the estate sale had belonged to an elderly Jewish woman who had passed away at the age of 103. Pretty old. Yes. Her granddaughter told Manus that she had been born in Poland and was the only survivor of a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. Okay. She escaped to Spain and then later immigrated to the United States. At the estate sale, Kevin spotted a small wooden wine cabinet with two metal plates in the shape of grape clusters on the front doors. He purchased the cabinet as well as a few other items, and when the granddaughter saw that he had purchased that or he grabbed it, she said, oh, I see you got the Dybbuk box. And Manus didn't really know what a Dybbuk box was, 
Um, but he thought it must be like a family heirloom or something, something sentimental in nature. And so he tried to give it back to the granddaughter, but she refused to take it. She went on to explain that her grandmother had warned them not to open the box. So after leaving the estate sale, Manus headed to his furniture refinishing business. He planned to clean up the box and give it to his mom for her birthday. For the time being, he placed it in the basement of the store where his workshop was. Strange things began happening almost immediately. He had to leave to run some errands, so he left his salesperson in charge of the store while he was gone. And within 30 minutes of leaving, he got a call from her saying someone had broken into the basement and that they were breaking glass and swearing. She was hysterical because she said the trespasser had locked the security gates and the emergency exit, effectively locking her inside the business. Manus told the clerk to call the police that he was on his way. Suddenly, his cell phone battery died, and he raced back to the store as fast as he could, and he found the gates were locked, just as she had said. Once inside, he found the woman sobbing in a corner of his office. He raced to the basement and was immediately hit with a foul stench. He said it smelled like cat urine. He couldn't get the lights to turn on, but upon further investigation, he actually realized that all the lights in the basement were smashed in their sockets. What? Yes. It was almost as if they burst. He didn't find an intruder. When he went back upstairs to talk to a sales clerk, she had already left, and she refused to return to work. That, that She was there for two years of employment, but after this incident, she refused to return to her job. I mean, that would be pretty terrifying yeah. if that's what she experienced. Right. So. Mm hmm. hmm. But to uh, up so, and quit your job? Yeah. So one thing kind of right out of the gate is like the granddaughter at the estate sale. I was like, oh, you got the Divic box. And it's like, he was like, you want it back? She's like, absolutely fucking not. So she's just like st selling this thing with the idea that it's like something's wrong with this box, right? Kind of. That's what's implied. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Manus oh. didn't immediately believe there was something supernatural going on with the cabinet. So he proceeded with his plan to refinish the cabinet and give it to his mom for her birthday. While working on it, he learned the cabinet had a mechanism that caused both doors as well as the bottom drawer to open at the same time. Inside, he found two pennies from the 1920s, a small lock of blonde hair bound with string, a small lock of dark brown hair bound with string, a small granite statue engraved with Hebrew letters, which he later learned spelled out shalom or peace in Hebrew, a dried rosebud, a golden wine chalice or cup, and a black cast iron candlestick with four tentacle-like legs. Rather than refinishing it, Manus chose to clean up the cabinet, and in doing so, he discovered a carving in the back that seemed to also be Hebrew in nature, like the it looked like it was it was written in Hebrew, although he didn't know what it said. Okay. Soon it was his mother's birthday, and she met him at his store so they could go out to lunch to celebrate. Before leaving, Manus presented the wine cabinet to her. 
He said he seemed to like it, or sorry, he said she seemed to like it. And before they could leave for lunch, he had to make a phone call. Within minutes, his employee ran up to him saying that there was something wrong with his mom. Her face was expressionless, but she had tears running down her cheeks. She could not respond to him. They called the paramedics and soon discovered that his mom had suffered a stroke. At the hospital, doctors told Manus his mom had partial paralysis and she Jeez. lost her ability to speak. She could only communicate by spelling out words. So she spelled out no gift and hate gift. Ooh. Which he didn't seem to understand at the time meant she was essentially blaming the cabinet for what had happened to her. So he ended up, she ended, she later ended up being able to regain her speech, but it took a while. Okay. But he ended up giving the cabinet to his sister, but she soon returned it saying that the doors wouldn't stay closed. They kept opening. Then he offered it to his brother and his wife, but they returned it saying that it smelled awful. So essentially he, he kept trying to pawn it off to anyone else that he could think of, but no one wanted it. He tried selling it. There, were, there was actually a middle-aged couple who purchased it. But then they returned to his store after hours. So meaning like the, the business was closed. They left the cabinet there, like the front, I guess, with a note saying, this has a bad darkness. Okay. Okay, so he, he can't give it away. He can't sell it. This has a bad darkness? Yeah, okay. that's what the note said. <laughs> Additionally, Manus was having a weird recurring nightmare in which he was walking with a friend who then morphs into the most, this is quote, the most gruesome demonic looking hag, end quote. And the hag beats, essentially beats the shit out of him in this dream, in this nightmare. And he claims that when he would wake up from the nightmare, he had bruises on his body, unexplained bruises. He soon learns his sister has had the exact same dream after he had given her the cabinet. She's beginning to have these recurring dreams as well. Um, then Manus began seeing shadowy figures in his home. His smoke alarm goes off in the middle of the night, but he can't find any smoke. Like what triggered it, right? right. Instead, he smells the cat urine smell again, that, that, that foul stench. And to be clear, he doesn't own a cat, so it's not like this is be explained because he has a pet right um another night he actually wakes up at 4 30 a.m after feeling what seemed to be someone breathing on his neck and this time he smells jasmine flowers and sees another shadow person in his hallway i i don't even know how he's gonna get rid of this thing okay manis considered destroying the box no it would re release the thing right, right? So that's what he was worried about. He was worried okay. that it would actually make things worse because the entity would no longer be tied to the box, the conduit, right? The box is the conduit, essentially. Right. So it would then remain in his home. It's like when we talked. Yeah, it's like we talked about Ouija boards. Well, and also the possessed dolls, right? Yeah. The dolls are the conduit. Yeah. Okay. So he knows that there are people online who would be interested in purchasing haunted items. So in June of 2003, he decides to list the cabinet for sale by auction on eBay, explaining it is a haunted object and it is being sold with all the original items found inside. The winning bidder was, I think it's 
Iosef, or I think that's how. Uh, Yosef. Or, but it's also referred to as um, maybe it's Yosef. Yo- I think it's Yosef. Or he's also referred to as Joseph. Yeah, but I think from what I from I think it's Yosef. And it's Nitsky. Yeah. Nitsky. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. And he purchased it for one hundred and forty dollars, but soon it is up for auction again on eBay. But in um, Yosef or Joseph's post um, on eBay, he writes, quote, I was doubtful of the haunted box and I still don't believe in the paranormal. What ex- what happened in August and September is likely coincidental. So I will relate it as I originally wrote it down in a log. Sunday, 31st of August, 2003. Over the last week, some interesting, though possibly coincidental items of note have come up. Firstly, I share a house with six other people. We've been taking turns sleeping with the box in each of our rooms. Two people are now complaining of burning eyes. One is listless and depleted of energy, and the other became spontaneously sick. In retrospect, I would say it's allergies. A few days after these ongoing annoyances started, the air outside our house was filled with small bugs for several hours. A Friday. Weird summer stuff? Last night, Saturday, we discovered that the box, now located in the back corner of the house, had mo- had come mostly open, though it had been shut and it seems unlikely that anyone could or would have touched it. Wednesday, 10th of September, 2003. Though it seems impossible to prove that the box is a direct cause of misfortune, we have definitely seen a tidal wave of, quote, bad luck. Strange odors now permeate the house. The dumpster out back overflows with trash and decay. One roommate suddenly got bronchitis and I broke a finger. Several mice have died in the in in the engine of one car and more electronic devices seem to be dying every day. Xbox, toaster, TV, watches. I don't really want to talk about anything between September and January, so I'll just say that I'm selling the box now for a couple reasons. One, around October 6th, I started feeling bad with trouble sleeping. This problem has persisted through today. Two, I live alone now, and as of late, I've noticed replacing a lot of burnt-out light bulbs and getting many unusual car repairs. Transmission fluid was burned out of the reservoir. Three, I started seeing things, sort of like large vertical dark blurs in my peripheral vision. Four, I smell something like juniper bushes or stingy ammonia ammonia in my garage often, and I have no idea for what from. Five. Most disturbingly, last Tuesday, January 27, 2004, my hair began to fall out. Today, Friday, it's about half gone. I'm in my early 20s, and I just got a clean blood test back from the doctors. Maybe it's stress-related. I don't know. Anyhow, for personal reasons, I very strongly do not want this box anymore. I hope there's someone on eBay that will take this thing off my hands. I would just throw it away in the woods or something, but I know there has been some interest in it in the past. Holy shit. So this is now the second person who has encountered some strange things and they want to get rid of the box. And it seems like, and so you said that the first Mantis, he he detailed the stuff from in the original post, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So in theory, it could be one or two things. One, it could be legitimate. And he really did experience, or this guy got the box and then thought, okay, I'm going to like 
up the ante on the story a little bit and see if I can get more money from it. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. He did. (laughs) Not much more, but... Um, The cabinet is sold on February 9th, 2004 for $280. That's a a significant increase. It's what, double? Yeah, it's double what he got for it. To Jason Haxton, the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri. He had first heard of the box from um, Joseph's or Joseph's roommate and decided to place a bid. Almost immediately after receiving the box, Haxton began having medical issues. His right eye became red and swollen as if it had been poked. He felt fatigued and had a metallic taste in his mouth. He also developed nasal congestion and a cough. He too experienced the smell of cat urine and strong and or strong flowers. So Haxton decided to test the box. He wanted to see if there was some type some something environmental that was causing these issues. Okay. So he tested it for heavy metals such as mercury to see if there was a scientific cause for the happenings. The results were negative. So this I mean, is what, hey, at least it, there was some scientific like process here. Right, right. And so he actually decides to reach out to because I think the because with the Hebrew in it, he decides to reach out to um Jewish um experts essentially, right? People who who might have some idea of what's going on. So he he reaches out to Rebecca Ettery, an Orthodox Jewish bookkeeper who helps him uncover the purpose of the box and the contents within. Rebecca said she believed the cabinet was intentionally, quote, stuffed with a spirit known as a dibbuk. It's either spelled D-I-B-B-U-K or D-Y-B-B-U-K. So it's I or Y. Dibbuk comes from the Hebrew word, a dibbuk, but it's spelled with a D-I-B-B-U-Q, and there's some Hebrew, like, text I, I can't read. Right. Um, meaning a case of attachment, which is a nominal form derived from the verb dabek, to adhere or clean. In Jewish mysticism, a dibbuk is thought to be a disembodied human spirit that attaches itself to the body of a living person. It can't move on because of its past sins, so it must wander around looking for someone or something to cleave to. I suppose in this case, it has attached itself to the wine cabinet. Or perhaps, in this case, it's it was originally attached to a person, maybe the, the Jewish grandmother. And, you know, because of the, maybe surviving the Holocaust and all of that trauma. But then she was able to move the Dybbuk into the cabinet to kind of keep it held captive. Okay. Um, so that it wouldn't attach itself to someone else or one of her loved ones. Just the thought. That's just the theory. It's very interesting. Yes. Um, I also heard another idea. Again, I didn't find anything substantiated on this. It's not like I'm talking to the grandmother's passed away and I didn't talk to the granddaughter. But I heard another idea that she was, after she escaped the Holocaust and she was in Spain... That she actually like did a seance or was trying to communicate with with one of these entities to try and prevent or to 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 try and um, end the Holocaust. Okay. And this this malicious spirit came to her and she had to trap it inside the box. That was just another that had to do 
it went back to the Holocaust and her being in Spain and she grabbed right. this she buys this wine cabinet. Again, not substantiated information. Okay. So Haxton consulted with both rabbis and scientists to determine what he should do with the box, to neutralize it, so to speak. He was instructed to put the cabinet inside a wooden container lined with gold. This would not only prevent the malicious spirit, if there was one, from hurting others, but it could also help if there was some type of, let's say, electromagnetic field that was wrecking havoc. Where is he going to get a box lined with gold? Where does, like, normal, like, regular person get that? I don't know. I'm just telling you what this says. Okay. Um, Haxton decided to put the Dybbuk box inside a military-grade container, and then he buried it for a time on his property. Mm. Okay? I wouldn't be burying that stuff. Well, and, so when I, and when <laughs> I first heard about the Dybbuk box, that was where it it kind of left off in the show that I watched and I'm blanking on now what it was. Okay. But they had talked about, he had buried it on his property. He wasn't going to tell anyone where it was buried cause he didn't want anyone trying to dig it up. And it was like secret and safe. Kind of keep it secret, keep it safe. But isn't it still in his possession then to where it Mm-mm. could uh, affect him? And Mm-mm. if it's on his property? Not anymore. Oh God. I'm going to go further. What happened? Okay. Soon word about the Dybbuk box um, got out, right? Mm -hmm. Hollywood came calling, and they offered Haxton money for the rights to the story. In 2012, the movie The Possession Mm -hmm. comes out in theaters, produced by Sam Raimi of Evil Dead fame. The movie stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan as a father who buys his young daughter a wine cabinet at a yard sale, and she begins to act strangely. Soon... He realizes his daughter is possessed by a malicious spirit, and he must get help from a local rabbi to help save his daughter's soul. I actually love, love that movie. I know you do. And the reason why I do is because I feel like with um, like possession movies, it's you get a lot of Catholic um, Right, and stuff. this is the first time it's, it's Jewish. It's the first time you get like a Hebrew mm-hmm. version of their rites and like how they deal with exorcism. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Also, it's a rapper by the name is Maraziatu that's really great. Mm-hmm. And he play, he plays uh the rabbi. Yes. And it's phenomenal to watch him in that role. Yeah. I think it's the is it the only thing he's ever been in? It's the only thing I've ever seen him in, like movie wise. Yeah. So but I, I need to watch it again because it's it's creepy, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um Jeffrey Dean Morgan's off obviously he's great in that. Um but the the ending I remember watching like the ending. I don't want to spoil. Don't it. spoil it. But it's it's just we want really, him to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's like the way the way that part happens. Mm-hmm. It's very creepy. It's spooky. Yeah, I want to yeah. watch it. So speaking of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, during promotional interviews, he claimed that strange things would happen often on the set. Director Ol was it Ol Bornado? Uh, sure. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> It looks like Ole. Yeah. Um, Ole. Anyway, he told Entertainment Weekly the same thing. Okay. They both said that lights would explode during filming. Also, just days after principal filming wrapped, the the warehouse containing the props from the movie mysteriously burned down. Wait, hold on a second. I have a question. Did they did they buy the actual Dimmick box from him? No. Uh, I so I read that that no, it's a replica. 
Um, they actually offered to use the real Dybbuk box, and they were too frightened Oof. to do so. No, because that's like, that's poltergeist type stuff, where yeah. you have like the, the actual Like weird, weird shit that happened on poltergeist, yeah, because yeah. they were using the real cadavers. Come on, Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, they, so they did not use the actual Dybbuk box. Okay. So Haxton ended up selling the Dybbuk box to your favorite person, babe. Oh, oh no, who? Zach Baggins. Oh, motherfucker. Of course he would <laughs> Or Baggins. Zach Baggins. Zach. It is now Baggins. on display in his paranormal museum in Las Vegas. Now, allegedly, rapper Post Malone visited the museum and went near the Dybbuk box display. So, Zach actually touched it, and then Post Malone visited, or sorry, Post Malone touched Zach's shoulder. Okay. And in that interaction, apparently it kicked off a chain of of bad luck or bad events that happened to post Malone after. So first the private jet that he was flying in had two tires blow out and they had to do an emergency landing. Um, Then his former house was broken into by robbers. And lastly, he apparently got into a car accident. I think it was his Rolls Royce or something got damaged. There was some, some car accident he got involved with. Okay. All right. So he felt like, it was because of this box and his interaction with it that it caused these negative things to happen. And it was like a chain of events. All right. I like Post Malone, so <laughs> he said that happened, that happened. If you would like to learn more about the haunted wine cabinet, you can visit Dybbuk Box. That's D-I-B-B-U-K-B-O-X dot com. This is a website that was created by Haxton to field questions about the box because he was getting so much, like so many questions that people were asking him. So he creates this website to kind of like field all those questions to keep. So it like on the website, it tells the story, uh, has like the real auction information that you can click on. I did that. So that's where I found that information from Yosef. And one last thing. Okay. Okay. Obviously, this story has many critics. They believe that it was just an elaborate hoax. Okay. Allegedly, in 2021, Manus told Input Magazine that the story of the Dybbuk box, his original posting on eBay, was a fictionalized story he created to, quote, become an interactive horror story in real time, end quote. Okay. He said some of the events did happen. So, for example, he did give the box to his mom and she did have a stroke. But he claims he added in some of the items and made up the paranormal stuff. But he admits to this only after Haxton has made money on the story. Selling the rights to Hollywood. Writing a book. Actually, yeah, Haxton has a book um, about the Dybbuk box. Um, and then not to mention like the fact that he sold the box to, to Zach Bagans. And I think it was like thousands of dollars. Of course, yeah. So could this be a situation in which Manus is like pissed maybe because he didn't make as much money off the experience. And so he's trying to disregard like, oh, it's not real. I just made all this shit up. Um, hmm. I don't know. Or or did some weird things happen and then he elaborated it and then became this larger elaborate. So is he? did he say that he was also Yosef? No. Okay, so Yosef is a different person. Yes, that is an actual student um, at the, was it, what did I say, the Missouri, University yeah. of Missouri? Because um, so, that's where the, the I think it, Jason Haxton heard about it from his roommate. Okay, so I think it's, the the thing that you said about maybe some things happened and then he like elaborated it a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. 
and then it kind of snowballed. Yeah. I could see that being the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like maybe a couple things happened. It was weird. What do we do with weird things here in America? We want to like, you know, cash on it. Yeah. I mean, you think of like, you know, how many ghost adventure shows are there? Um, right. But Haxton so claims that it was true, that he, those experiences he had were true. He tried to do it in a scientific way. Um, so he holds true to his story. Okay. In interviews and such. It's just Manus that is now in 2021. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Years later saying that he made it all up. Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting, right? It is interesting because you have different you have different people, but the thing is, is like so, is the is the lore of the box bigger than the box? What I mean is, like you know, at that point where we were at when it was sold to Zach Bagans, you know, is it almost like it's it, there's so much stuff with it that could be true, could be not true, and now it, it it's infamous for this thing, and it could be just a just a regular little box. Well, and have you also thought about, um, this is something I thought about, um, oh, what is it called where you, it's almost like a golem, which is also Jewish. Um, but it's like this, like you, you create this thing, you create this idea and then it becomes real. Okay. Because yes, because you brought it to life. Okay. By believing. So so my thought process is Manus believed it to an extent, right? He was like putting this out into the universe that this was a haunted Jewish wine cabinet with a Dybbuk inside. Right. And because he made this elaborate story and then he sold it and then this other person had this experience and then this other person sold it and they then this other person had So it's become this this entity in and of itself because yeah they believed that it was well that's what i'm saying it's like you know sometimes with like stories of lore the the story gets so big mm-hmm. it becomes unmanageable but what i'm saying is can it become then real oh, because of the belief you're in saying it? okay i'm like you said you manifest it and it then becomes into existence Ooh. This supernatural entity, yeah. the Dybbuk, becomes real because they believed it was. Yeah. And so, even if the first person kind of fictionalized it. Right. Has it now since become... A real thing. A real thing because it was created and birthed into the world. Right. As this idea, and now that idea has taken shape and form and it's actually a real life box situation i don't know i know i don't know either and you can actually find um i didn't want to go too much into this but there are youtube videos of people who claim they are other dybbuk boxes that they have created or uh, someone else has created and you can see the unboxing videos unboxing videos like, they're like the opening dybbuk up box. the dybbuk boxes how on lame YouTube. is that i if Come i on. here's my thing like i believe there could be have been a situation where a dybbuk was created 
Right. But now all these, like, bullshit, like, I have a Dibbuck box, too. How many Dibbucks do you think are in the world? Like, well, they're not going to be inhabiting wine cabinets. If there's going to be a real-life Dibbuck, I wanted to show you this image, babe, that I'm going to post on I Instagram. I saw that. That's really cool looking. So that is, so you can see the human being. And then he has, like, a skull. And he has this, like. wraith on the back. Of yeah, him. I don't, it is, yes, yes, that's a good, yeah. And it's, like, um, on his shoulders, it's, like. Well, it's almost like, it, and the thing is, though. We we kind of talked we talked briefly about the the, the lady the, the grandmother that yes. you know she was in the Holocaust all that trauma she experienced well in that 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 artistic representation it's like the grief of death and the trauma mm-hmm. is almost weighing the man down yes and so the Dybbuk is almost like a representation of that oppression of grief loss and trauma right and so i think like again and this is my psychology brain that's coming out here (laughs) is that you know sometimes with these you know ideas of folklore and lore you know they are you know i'm not saying this is made up i'm not saying that but i'm saying these stories are sometimes manifested to be a way to explain these really hard feelings that we feel as humans Mm -hmm. and like you know the grief loss and trauma especially of something as terrible as the holocaust which is a life-changing traumatic event i mean she lost her entire family she was the only one exactly so that representation of that 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 artistic representation of just because the man is like hunk hunkered over mm-hmm. with the wraith with the on, weight of the, of the wraith, weight, on yeah him. the weight of the wraith on top of him mm-hmm. it, i mean that could be a representation of that yeah and so what do you do with something of that when you can't get rid of it you put it in something that's manageable like a box right and also if we want to go even more psychological with it <laughs> that is something called um oh god i'm gonna blank like, like um compartmentalizing where you put your you know your grief in one box in your brain. She literally and, compartmentalized a divic inside a wine cabinet. Exactly. <laughs> so you you if like you know you put your trauma and your grief in one box and then you put your you know other anxieties and stress in another box. Right. So I'm just that's that's the psychologist and me. Mm-hmm. Now my other side here, the one that's like love spooky shit i'm thinking that okay like maybe this was legit because again the other thing too is at the beginning we were talking about how the granddaughter was like oh you have the dybbuk box here you go i don't want it right so it it, that's just a weird thing and she the grandmother had allegedly warned them not to open it this is why we don't go to this is why we don't buy anything from yards well i mean and so i don't want to go <laughs> so. too off base here but this is a larger story of why i personally am not a big fan of like yard sales and even though i like antiques mm-hmm. i don't know if i want to purchase many antiques to have in my home because again they're conduits for this yeah energy this entity like you bring something into your home and you may not necessarily know what's attached to it and even you don't know if there's like bed bugs in those pictures so that's another whole story for another time yeah but on that note well we didn't have bed bugs no that was you referring that was that was a whole other not me it was not it was just a client situation situation yes yeah so um yeah, anyway. so um, don't go thrifting. Right. <laughs> don't, don't go to yard sales and buy uh, 
haunted objects. Um, that's, but... <laughs> that's the moral of today's podcast. Yes. Thank you for yes. coming. But listeners, we want to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Do you think that the Dybbuk box was real? That these experiences were real? Or um, do you think it's just a manifestation of grief and loss? Yeah. Like or I do. maybe you've had a similar story or a strange thing, strange occurrence that you couldn't explain. We'd love to hear about it. Contact spiritedspirits at gmail.com. That's contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, make sure that you are following us on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. Um, so new thing that is coming down the pipe that I'm slow to be working on <laughs> is um, our new our podcast um, site that we host on is now changing or it's changing. It's allowing us to do YouTube. Yeah, allowing videos. us to do YouTube videos. So, so if you like to listen to your podcast on YouTube. I'm slowly adding ours to YouTube. <laughs> yes. And it's taking a little while because it takes a while to upload. But yeah. we do have a YouTube now, which is just Spirited Spirits. So look us up. We only have like four videos on there. <laughs> um, but they are our older ones. Um, so if you want to go back and listen to where we began, it's a good place to start. Yes. There's like four on there right now. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, we hope you have a good night. Thank you for joining us. We hope you continue to listen to us every week as we talk about spirits while we sip on spirits. Yes. Bye. Bye.